Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie. Amy and I have been talking about the roles of women teaching women in the church. And if you missed last week's episode in which we were guests on the Voice of Reason radio podcast, we discussed how Scripture, particularly Titus 2, verses 3 through 5, how that's twisted in a way that makes it seem as though women must not discuss or teach doctrinally sound theology to other women, which is just not true, of course. Right. And Michelle, that same camp is uh, saying not only uh, can women not teach about God's word, we can't even share the gospel because only a male elder can do that, they say. It's really taking an extreme view and placing restrictions on our roles where God hasn't done that. You know, Titus 2 verses 3 through 5 says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Now, in that Voice of Reason podcast with uh, Chris Honholtz and Richard Story last week, we broke down section by section exactly how people are twisting this verse and why, as women, we must share the hope that we have in Christ and his commands in order to be holy women of God so that we can understand how to be self-controlled and pure and loving and kind and submissive and the whole package. So if you missed that program, we've got it linked up today in our show notes. Uh, Go and give that a listen. Yeah, and we thought we'd take some time this evening to share with you why and how we share Scripture with women. Now, the biblical prohibition, of course, is that in the context of the gathering of the church body, we are not to teach men nor are we to have authority over them, as it says in 1 Timothy 2.12. And this, of course, includes holding the office of pastor or elder, as well as things like teaching co-ed adult Sunday school or Bible study classes or home groups or preaching to men at co-ed Christian conferences and so on. And of course, neither Amy nor I would ever dream of doing those things. I mean, we don't even skate close to the boards on that one. We want to be obedient women of God in everything we do and everything we say. We, you know, we have each have ministries of our own, and we've shared this one, this podcast, A Word Fitly Spoken, since 2019. Yeah, we really have, Michelle. And I think it's important for women always in every circumstance to always speak truth, always talk about God with, with everybody. Um, you know, and again, like you said, in the context of teaching, uh, we don't do that with men. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't hold any position of authority in the church. We are both of us quite submissive to, uh, you know, what that church looks like in, in, in the local church. And, and one thing uh, Michelle and I do have in common, which is such a huge blessing, is that we both have landed in churches that are just doctrinally sound. Um, we, we finally are in a place now that I think we can call home after, um, you know, after many of you, like many of you, you kind of uh, go from church to church because you find that uh, there's some teaching that is seeped in that that isn't necessarily, um, you know, honoring to God or correct uh, biblically. And so uh, we are just so thrilled to be able to say in these past few years that, that we have both ended up in church churches with our families that uh, are, are biblically sound, and, and we're, we're sitting under solid teachers. So uh, it, it really is a blessing, Michelle. 
Yeah, it really is. And I think that, you know, since we're in healthier churches now, that really helps us to be healthier spiritually because we're now sitting under good doctrinally sound preaching and teaching. And so, of course, that builds us up and helps us become more mature. And then we can pour that out on our listeners and our readers and and so forth. So it really benefits everybody. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. You know, and and I first became aware of your Bible teaching ministry many years ago. and, and I had one as well uh, called Naomi's Table. Still do. Uh, we still teach uh, online Bible courses, and, and you do too. It's a, and, and it was really neat to see that there are actually women out there who uh, have solid, you know, biblical ministries and, and good resources for women uh, to be able to study the Word of God and um, do that in their quiet time at home or with other women. Uh, it really is a nice thing. And so uh, maybe we have some new listeners, Michelle, who don't really know kind of where we come from and and, uh, the different things that we're involved with. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I guess we can just start by telling each telling everybody about our our own individual ministries a little bit. Um, I I started off blogging about fourteen years ago. Actually, it's been a long time, and uh, you know, I just I start. A lot of people ask me how I got started blogging, and I just tell them, you know, I've always enjoyed writing. And fourteen years ago, blogging was kind of a new platform, and it seemed fun and everything. And I just enjoyed writing, so I started a blog. And uh, I would just write from time to time because my kids were still young and I was still homeschooling and didn't have a whole lot of time to sit down and devote to that. Um, and then as I continued writing, I started writing a women's Bible study and, uh, and my publishers wanted me to have a bigger platform. So I expanded my blog a bit and, and, uh, you know, when you're, Public when you are a published author, they want you to kind of promote your book and everything. So I was doing that <laughs> a little more on my my blog. One of the things I really hated about having a book in in publication. And by the way, before anybody asks, my book is no longer in print, and that is a good thing because I wrote it because I wrote it before I really had good hermeneutics. So it's it's you know I I recommend lots of or recommend or don't recommend lots of books and authors and stuff. I would not recommend my book. If if a reader wrote to me and said, hey, I found this book by Michelle Leslie, what do you think of it? I would say, throw it away. Don't use it. Don't read it. You know, whatever. So... Um, uh, so refreshing so, to hear you say that because a lot of people yeah. would not do that even if they have grown. So uh, I really appreciate that about you. And, and, and we are all on a growth journey, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, whenever people, uh, whenever I go to the thrift store or whatever, since it's out of print, that's basically the only place you can find it anymore is at a thrift <laughs> store that somebody has donated it or whatever. So I, whenever I go to the thrift store, I kind of look around to see if there's any copies of it. And if I find it, I go ahead and buy it and take it home and throw <laughs> it away. And so that's what uh-huh. I recommend that people do. But um, so on my blog, I it's it's called Michelle Leslie Discipleship for Christian Women, and I just I have a, a a regular feature every day of the week. Like on Mondays, Mondays is Mailbag Day, and so I answer questions from the readers, sort of like a a Christian Dear Abby. I don't know if I'm dating myself with that reference or not. <laughs> I think 
think people like know a, who Dear Abby is. Okay, was. I hope so. <laughs> it's like a Christian Dear Abby sort of thing. Uh, Tuesdays is kind of a wild card slot. I put lots of different things on Tuesdays. Wednesday is Bible study day on the blog, and I've written a number of different Bible studies, just like you have with Naomi's table. And uh, the the Bible study that we're just about to finish up right now is Psalm 119. It's just an expository walkthrough. It's not really even expository. Um, it, it's just a, it's kind of expository. It's hard to explain. I don't really exposit the scriptures like most people normally do, like a pastor does in a sermon or, or explain them or whatever. What I do is my Bible studies are designed to train women how to study the Bible for themselves. So what I do is I have, I have the passage of scripture and I study it myself. And then I just, I write down a lot of questions that are sort of like the questions that when a woman goes to study the text of Scripture for herself, these are the kinds of questions she should be asking of the text. These are the kinds of things that should be looking for, she should be looking for. And so, um, so those are the kinds of questions that I ask. I don't really teach. I just ask questions of, of the, you know, about the, the script, the text of Scripture. And then women can just do that on their own and However they study, that's between them and the Lord. I don't give like the, a list of correct answers to the questions or anything like that. They, you know, I trust them to study the scriptures and, and to learn on their own. So that's Wednesday. And then Thursday, I usually pull a, an old article out of the, the archives for Throwback Thursday. And then Friday, I write, usually write an original article, which could either be, could be anything from discernment to, um, you know, a, a contemporary, a current event in Christianity, you know, something that's going on in evangelicalism right now, or, oh, it could be something about a holiday that's coming up, or it could just be about anything. So those are the kinds of things that I, I write about. What about you on, on your, on your website? Well, I started out actually as a, a marketing person for a, a very large church in our area and, and became a blogger there for the church. And so, uh, would write some articles and eventually uh, needed to leave that church because it was, um, go, you know, going the way of the seeker friendly, uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, I did end up leaving, but, uh, right after that, I ended up, uh, doing a local radio station program at a local Christian radio station. It was called Stand Up for the Truth. It was brand new, launched in uh, 2010, and so it was a daily one-hour program. And every day, I was there, and, and you know, you don't get paid a lot of money in Christian radio, but that's okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was there just because I was so passionate about reporting, and we would do, uh, you know, it was a talk show. So we would interview people, we would talk about, you know, different things that different uh, pastors were doing, um, and it ended up a, a lot of reporting about uh, the things that you should look out for. So red flags, uh, discernment work, they would call it. And uh, we would we would talk about things like the emergency church or, uh, you know, what what happens if you meet a Jehovah's Witness or, you know, what about the New Age? And we had regular guests and we had one-offs and uh, that would come on the program. And it was fascinating work. I loved it. I did it for five years. Um, did end up leaving in 2015. 
And, um, you know, there were some things going on, uh, mostly with local NAR uh, pastors who would uh, kind of had kind of infiltrated at the time. And so I couldn't stay. And so um ended up going and, and starting taking my research that I had done and starting a new blog called Berean Research. And uh, I wrote every day, every single day, I would write at least one or two articles and uh, all sorts of things. It was it was very newsy. Um, and, and I came from the news business. So way back when, when I was a young lass, I started out in television news and I loved writing. I, I loved reporting. And so basically what I would do is I would write these stories and put them out there and uh, and people would share them. And, and uh, I, I still do just a very little bit of that. Uh, Berean Research, still very active, a lot of visitors and everything. But I, I really started to become concerned because a lot of uh, the false teaching in, in the church had been coming in the front door and marching down the aisle through women. And, mm-hmm. you know, we would be the ones to, you know, have time to listen to, uh, you know, podcasts and go to conferences and um, and read these books and go to these women's coffee groups and, and Bible studies and bring home just some terrible teaching that uh, that was has been currently out there. And so I, I think we need to talk about that a little bit, Michelle. But yeah. uh, I started a, a program called Naomi's Table, and that was also on that same uh, Christian radio station. Uh, Naomi's Table was that was also a one hour talk show. And um, when I left in 2015, I, I kind of I took that with me, and it's still there. We're we're doing Bible studies on there, uh, a lot of resources on that uh, on that website, Naomi'sTable.com. Um, but I don't do it every day. Um, when about probably a few years ago, I just I knew I needed to take a step back from all of it, and um, I didn't really get back into writing again until uh, you and I started doing this program, uh, A Word Fitly Spoken. And so um, I, I'm not as full-time as you are, but uh, I, I love the Lord and, and busy in a lot of different things, but uh, I, I still love to write and I love to teach uh, women. And it, it's it's so rewarding, but it's so necessary, isn't it? It really is. And I think, um, I think stand up for the truth, the, the first show you were talking about, that's the first place I ever heard of you. And so that's, I just, I was in hero worship, you know, oh. <laughs> Amy Spreeman. Oh, you know, she's put, so put great. me in front of a microphone and I just talk, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you, it was, it really was a great show at the time. And, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I probably found, I probably found it through Chris Rosebro or something like that. I think that's how I got connected yeah. to you. I'm not sure, but. It, yeah. I've, and I think, um, you know, one of the main reasons I was, I was listening as you were talking and I was thinking about some of the things that I just said. And I think really one of the reasons or one of the, the needs that we saw, uh, in women's ministry just in general was, um, I think lack of discernment in, in, in evangelical women. And then also, like you said, the false doctrine in the women's Bible study arena. And I think we probably both wanted to to get into that and just to kind of get the truth out there, get the truth of Scripture out there so that women would not be deceived by all these false teachers, you know, in, in the in the women's Bible study arena. And so we both got into discernment. We both were writing Bible studies. And um, and there's a great need for that. You know, I was I was just doing um, a conference this past weekend <clears throat> and I was I was remarking to the, you know, I always like to find out, <clears throat> excuse me, I always like to find out where, um, 
where everybody at my conference has come from, because sometimes, you know, it's not just, they're not just coming from that church where I'm speaking, they're coming from the surrounding areas and whatnot. And so I was remarking to the the um, pastor's wife, who was the ho- who was my hostess that weekend. I said, you know, I don't, I can't believe these people drive this far because some of them had come. For, uh, this this particular conference was near Dallas, and some of there was one lady who had come from somewhere in Louisiana, farther away than I had come from Baton Rouge. Yes. and there there were some sisters that had come in from Oklahoma, you know, and other places in Texas, uh, you know, that were that were outside the Dallas area. And I said, you know, I I just can't. I I wouldn't drive this far to hear me speak. I don't understand why <laughs> these women are driving so far to hear somebody like me speak. I mean, it's it's crazy. And she said, you know, the reason that they do that is because they're looking for sound doctrine and there is nobody out there. She said, she said, besides you and Susan Heck, who is there that's out there giving doctrinally sound conferences for women? And I don't, there probably are other people that I'm just not aware of, but, you know, I got to thinking that's kind of true that there's not a whole lot of women in, um, in ministry that have a platform or that do conferences or whatever that are doctrinally sound. And I think you and I both saw that in some kind of way. And that's why, you know, that's kind of how our ministries developed. It really is. I, I think we both saw that a lot of uh, offerings out there for us as women were emotion-based. Um, a lot of it was, you know, kind of a, a lack of uh, the Bible being sufficient, you know, uh, you know, kind of downplaying the sufficiency of Scripture and uh, just kind of, you know, grasping at anything because, you know, women were looking for satisfaction outside of Scripture. You know, I, you know, I, I guess the Bible isn't good enough for me. I need to have these feelings. I need to have these experiences. And really, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, right. uh, when you get your hands full of the full meat of Scripture, yes, you're going to have powerful, powerful emotional reactions because it's just amazing to think of your Lord Jesus Christ and, and what He did and just His His awesome, powerful, Almighty God, uh, who He is, and so uh, that's that's the experience that we should be seeking is knowing Him through His Word. But unfortunately, uh, we're looking for signs, we're looking for extra biblical words of God. You know, what, what is God trying to tell me right now? I I need to go seek out somebody to tell me what God, what is what what word do you have for me today? And you, you just want to open up a Bible and say, here, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but you know, women, um, I have found become very angry when you challenge their favorite teachers. And that's unfortunate. I don't know why that is, but even at some of the conferences you and I have both been to, um, you know, if we say something that that even challenges the teaching of, of a woman that they have been following, they'll accuse you of having all sorts of vile motives. Um, you know, they'll, they'll believe in the branding and, you know, kind of the hype of these, uh, personalities, these cult, this cult of personality that's out there, you know, oh, oh, she's real. She's raw. She's, she's so sincere. Well, you know, atheists can be those things too. Are they biblical? So, you know, um, anybody, any woman who is, is teaching the Bible ought to be able to ask 
her, anyone in her, her listenership, her audience to say, listen, please compare everything I say to scripture because I am just dust here. You know, so I can make mistakes, but please, the, God's word is what we should be really, um, uh, taking as the bellwether of truth. Absolutely. And, you know, the sad thing is some of them, some of those false teachers actually do say that. And even some pastors, are, they say that, but they have so poorly trained the women who are listening to them or the church, if it's a pastor, they've so poorly trained these women that these either the woman doesn't know how to compare what the this false teacher is saying to scripture or the woman, you know, handle scripture exactly the way the false teacher has trained her to handle scripture. She's allegorizing it. She's making it mean whatever she wants it to mean. And so, of course, in those cases, she's going to think that whatever this false teacher is saying matches up with scripture, even though it doesn't, you know. But yeah. but you're so right. And and a lot of it is just emotionalism and hype and the search for a feeling. And that's what you know, that's what as women, a lot of times we can be very vulnerable to is is acting on our feelings and making an idol of our feelings. And and it comes out like you were saying in this rage that a lot of these women express. I mean, I've told people before and they don't even believe me, but I've told people before that, um, you know, I've when I first started talking about Beth Moore, some of her followers would cuss me out. They would say things like, you're what's wrong with Christianity. They would say nasty things about my family. I mean, these are professing Christian women, some of them pastor's wives, you know, acting like this over Beth Moore. And, um, and the only, the only other reaction I've gotten like that, there, there have been other, you know, bad reactions that nobody ever reacts well when you say, look, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're following a false teacher and here's why. Nobody reacts well to that, but this, this unbridled rage, um, that I saw with, with the responses to Beth Moore, the only other person I've seen that I've talked about that has come even close to that, and it wasn't really even a person, it was a ministry, was, uh, the article that I wrote on Operation Christmas Child. You know, the, oh, the shoeboxes, yes. the Franklin mm -hmm. Graham's ministry. And I said, look, Franklin Graham has been yoking with all these false teachers. And, you know, we've heard some problems that the, the missionaries that when they receive the boxes, there, there are problems and they've reported this, that and the other. And, and, uh, I tell you, the reaction was just about as strong as, as the reaction to, uh, hearing that Beth Moore was, was a false teacher. And what it really reminds me of, and I've told people this a million times, it reminds me of Judges 6, where Gideon, now this is before he does the fleece thing, but this is where Gideon, uh, God tells Gideon to go out and tear down the Asherah pole and the altar to Baal, where he was at. And so he goes out and he's so scared of the people, of God's people, by the way. He's so scared of them, he goes out and does this in the middle of the night. And then everybody wakes up the next morning, and the altar's torn down, the Asherah pole's torn down, and they flip out, and they want to kill him for tearing down their idols. And I think it's that same mentality. I think it's that same spiritual darkness and idolatry in 
a lot of these women that react that strongly to being told that they're following a false teacher. So it really is, it's a dark area of spiritual warfare that, um, you know, we go out and do battle <laughs> all the time, you know, whether it's on the blog or the podcast or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, reminds me that uh, we, we want to ask you listeners, please pray for us, because there is a lot of spiritual warfare in, in what we do every day. Uh, the pushback that I get a lot uh, at, you know, when I when I meet women is over um, Jesus calling. And that is that, you know, is such a dark multi-million dollar franchise uh of just demonic power that that it has over people and uh Jesus calling is not Jesus calling you know it it's Sarah Young's uh idea of maybe what she senses or feels that uh somebody is speaking to her that's not Jesus that doesn't sound anything like the Jesus of scripture and you know i have questions why does it contradict the real Jesus why do you need that False Jesus, because it is. It, it, when when you pick up a, a copy of Jesus Calling, you're holding a false demonic Jesus in your hands, and you have uh, I don't know how many apps, Bible apps, or Bible you know copies that you might have laying around in your on your bookshelf. Grab a real Bible. Meet the real Jesus. We don't need this counterfeit demonic thing talking to us. We we just don't. And and I can guarantee you that's not Jesus talking to Sarah Young. And yet she is just raking in the money uh, with all of the things that that she's got her hands on. Um, so again, but. But a lot of women get just get terribly angry with me when I say that. You know, How dare you? Kind of thing. And um, but when the blinders do come off, if if God, you know, so allows a heart to be softened and eyes to be opened, then uh, it is a glorious thing. And so a lot of good does come out of you know us gently reminding people, let, let's go to the real Jesus, the real Scripture. Um, let's call Scripture what it is sufficient. Um, there, there's a, a Bible verse in 2 Timothy 3. Um, I just want to read that because it, it kind of sums up how uh, how women are constantly seeking but not finding. And it says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. That's quite a list. And then it says, avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. And so when I when I read that passage, I think that is exactly what we are seeing in the world today and even in the church doors, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. And I teach on that passage all the time because, you know, it, it hits so many of our, um, of the things that we focus on, especially on the podcast and our blogs and things like that. Um, first of all, it's, it says right there in verse, verse five that these people have the appearance of godliness, 
but deny its power. And then what does it say right away? It says, avoid them, not chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Don't do that, ladies. You won't know what, if you're sitting under a false teacher, you're not going to know what's meat and what's bones. So don't take that attitude, okay? It says, avoid them. That's the biblical thing to do. The Bible doesn't tell you to to pick through the garbage and find a little food to eat. It says, avoid them all together. You don't, you know, sometimes I get questions like, well, I know you say Priscilla Schreier or whoever is a false teacher, but what about this one book of hers? Is it okay? No, it's not okay. The Bible says, avoid false teachers altogether. That means all of their books, all of their, their Bible studies, all of their conferences. Don't follow them on social media. Don't watch their DVDs. You know, avoid them. It's pretty clear, you know. And so that's one of the points that that passage covers. And then like you were talking about a few verses down, I think it's in verse seven, maybe, where it says these people creep in or they sneak in and they capture yes. weak women. You notice he doesn't say weak Christians, weak people, weak men, weak congregations. He specifically says weak women because we can be very vulnerable to this sort of feel-good, experiential, uh, having my own opinions and, and believing what I think instead of believing what the Bible says, that kind of false doctrine. So yeah, that's, that's a passage that I teach on a lot. And it's also, I think, um, like one of the, one of the questions I get, I get, there are two questions that I get more than any other question. The first question is, what do you know about so-and-so? Is this person a false teacher or is this person doctrinally sound? The second question I get asked most often is, can you recommend a good women's Bible study? And I always say, no, I can't. Just on principle, I don't. I do not recommend what I call canned Bible studies. I recommend that you study straight from the text of Scripture. We don't, we don't need to be depending on other people's materials. You know, it's right. I always I always say it's like the difference, but you know, using a canned Bible study is more like watching somebody else dig for buried treasure versus reading straight from scripture, studying straight from scripture is like digging for buried treasure yourself and finding it. And so not only um and you know, also studying straight from scripture is just so much more meaningful. It is so much more, you know, there's more intimacy with God. God speaks directly to us through scripture, correctly handled, of course. And it's just I I've never met anybody who studies straight from scripture that you know, tried that for a while and got used to it and did re- a really good job of it and then decided, oh, I don't really like that as much as I like studying from somebody else's book, you know? Yeah. I don't know about you, Michelle, but I've actually been in some of those studies where you study from someone else's uh, book and, and it is the, uh, it's like eating cotton candy covered poison, yeah. some of it, because um, it's, it's emotional and, and they don't even call sin, sin. It's, it's junk right. or mess or whatever it is. Um, yeah. I, I've long said the same thing, Michelle. If, if you want to find a women's Bible study uh, teacher who's sound, uh, you probably have never heard of her because she has been faithfully right. teaching for <laughs> years and years and years in her church to the women gathered around. And uh, she's not out there writing books and, and putting together, uh, you know, best selling books out there on, on how, you know, with workbooks and everything like that. She's actually doing the work of teaching women how to, you know, how to read and discern scripture. So, um, you know, how, how to, 
really dig for those nuggets, like you said, and and use those footnotes and and go all over scripture to look at you know, maybe one passage a week or something like that. So it's it's just incredible, and and thankful for those ladies in in their churches doing that year after year. Those are the seasoned ladies that uh, that we need to be keeping close. Like it says in Titus too, the, these are the ladies who uh, are, are just tireless workers for the Lord, and um, I, I so appreciate them. But they're not famous, and you're never going to find their books anywhere. Uh, but you know, there, there is such a need for, for women to learn from other women. And, um, I, and I'm excited that we can both do that. And, and ladies, did you know that Michelle and I met before we even conjured up, uh, you know, this, this podcast, A Word Fitly Spoken? We actually met at a teaching conference. You remember that, Michelle? I do. That was so much fun. That's really, that's the only time we've met in person, actually. It is. Was when we were, wow. We were doing that, we were doing that conference and, um, at, in Princeton. Princeton Bible Church yes. in Princeton, Illinois. Yeah. They had us come do a conference together. And so, you know, we'd been online friends for a long time. And so at that conference, you know, we got to stay in the same hotel room, kind of have a little pajama party. Yes, and we, did. we sort of cooked up the idea for this podcast and then made it happen after that. <laughs> we did. And it was such a wonderful conference. And, and I was able to, was. Um, you know, teach right alongside with you. And it was very well attended. And uh, I, and I, I think we both have, uh, we complement each other, I think, because we both have slightly different styles, but the passion is still the same. And that is just to uh, to bring women to the feet of the Lord through His Word and, and to help them understand what discernment is. And discernment by by the way, isn't reporting on the bad guys. Not at all. Discernment is knowing the scriptures so well, studying them so that uh, so that you know God through His Word, and and you can also recognize. Oops, that that doesn't quite match up. Um, I'm getting a red flag. Not a liver shiver, not a feeling, but just that the idea that uh, you know something doesn't quite match up to what I remember reading because I've buried scripture in my heart, and I know that what I'm hearing at in this book or whatever it is, um, that it doesn't quite match up. And and that's where you learn discernment is in, you know, the study, the careful study of God's Word, knowing that the Holy Spirit is there and, and feeding you because that's where you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And it's unfortunate that a lot of churches don't teach discernment as a skill, and they really need to. I mean, I am 53 years old, and I've been in the Southern Baptist Church all of my life since before I was born, uh, and I have never, to this day, been taught, you know, I had had someone preach a sermon on discernment, and here's how you do it, or uh, teach a class on it. I mean, it's possible there could have been some classes on it, and I just didn't know about it along the way or something like that. But um, it's just not a skill that we talk about it and, and think about. And a lot of times I think that's because discernment has become such a dirty word because so many people have done it so badly that churches just don't want to touch it. I mean, they now they know what it is or what it's supposed to be, I guess, anyway. And now they just don't even want to touch it because they, you know, you say the word discernment and people immediately get this idea that, oh, this is just a, a person who says everybody is bad and they're, they're just mean yeah. and they're just critical and they just say everybody is a false teacher and they think everybody has to be perfect or they're a false teacher and all this kind of stuff. And so, um, 
So this is, you know, one of the things that, that was one of the things that we taught at that conference. I remember that we were both teaching on on that um, topic of discernment, and it's something that I teach in my conferences as well. It's a very requested topic, and I really get into the practical aspects of look. Here's how you vet somebody, and here's how you can tell if somebody's a false teacher or not. What makes somebody a false teacher, and all that stuff. And so, right. you know, a lot of people would say. There's, there's too, in, in evangelicalism, there's too much of a, a conference mentality or a celebrity mentality. We need to focus on the church or we need to get fed at the local church. And, and that is true to some extent. I mean, if you're, if you're going to multiple conferences every year, you know, maybe you're too addicted to conferences and you're not committed enough to your own local church. Um, and you also, you know, you need to consider the, the stewardship of your resources. It costs a lot of money to go to conferences, not just the, well, the bigger ones anyway, not my conferences usually, but (laughs) the, the bigger parachurch conferences. I'm thinking about like G3 and Shepherd's Conference and the other conferences they do at John MacArthur's church and things like that. It can be really expensive, um, to pay the registration and travel there and stay in a hotel and buy all your meals and, pay for gas and transportation and all that. So you really want to consider if that is being the best steward of the money that God has given you. Maybe you should skip a few of those conferences and put that money back into your local church. Um, so it, it can be, you know, there can be too much of a conference mentality for some people that they're just always looking for the next conference and they go to you know, multiple conferences a year. But there's really nothing wrong with going to the occasional conference, you know, maybe one or two a year or every few years or something like that. Um, They're really, you know, they can really be fun. A lot of the conferences that I go to, well, I don't go to a lot of conferences, actually, because I'm doing a lot of conferences. I don't have time (laughs) to go to other conferences. And I can't afford to go to other conferences. And I don't like to be away from my family to go to other conferences. But, um, you know, on the occasions when I have been to some of these conferences, like I went to G3 in 2018, um, they have just been so much fun. They've been like a big family reunion because you get to see all of your uh, online buddies that you never get to see, you know, except online. So that's always fun. It's like a family reunion. And yes. it can be it can be like camp or vacation or whatever. It can just be really refreshing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, I, I missed you by a year. I went in 2017 and it yeah. was just so beautiful to go. Like, oh, too bad. Been, we, we could have been doing this a lot earlier had we met, but. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, um, the com- the conference that we did together and, and any conferences that we'll probably do in the future, the conferences that I do are almost always church conferences. In other words, somebody from a church will call me and say, hey, would you come speak to our ladies about this, that and the other? And I really like that because I, when I go speak to um, a women's group at a church, I like to feel like I'm in the local, in that local church, that I'm under the umbrella of the pastor's authority. Because, like we said last week, I don't go anywhere where the pastor doesn't approve of me and, and, you know, thinks I'm okay before I get there because I don't want to cause him problems, you know? And, I was um, uninvited one time because of were, that. <laughs> were you really? Oh, that's terrible. I was a little too discerning, I think. The the ladies wanted to have me, but the pastor said, no, I don't think we need to 
uh, talk about the things that Amy wants to talk about. So yeah. they, they did a, a light of version that year. So yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, you don't want to walk into a situation like that. That's no, why I always no. insist that the pastor has to approve of me. And look, the pastor may be may not be doctrinally sound, and he may not approve of me. And those ladies may need me to come in there, but I'm not going to walk into a situation like that where I am going against the grain of the pastor. Exactly. I want to exactly. go in there and undergird <laughs> what he's doing. And I like I mentioned last week, a lot of times it's the pastor who will contact me to come do a conference and I'll ask him, I'll say, what what are the needs that you see in in the women of your church? Do they need to be studying their Bibles more? Have they suffered a lot recently? Have you know what has been going on? What have you been teaching them that I could come alongside and sort of support and encourage and undergird them as they follow you? And yeah, so, that's excellent. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> what I like to do because I am all, you know, both of us really, we're all about the local church and, and you know, women come to us, we kick them back into the local church, you know, like soccer goalies <laughs> or something. And uh, because that's that's really what we're supposed to be doing. The, God's plan is the local church. It's not parachurch ministries. And so any anything that parachurch ministries do should be to support the faithful membership of in in a local church and to support the pastors of the local churches and things of this nature. And so what we want to do, you and I, when we do conferences or when I do conferences by myself, we want to encourage women to faithfully attend their local church. We want them to be serving. We want them to be giving. We want them to be studying the Word at home. We want them to be sitting under good preaching and teaching at church. We want them to be submitting to their pastor's leadership. Because I think you touched on this a few minutes ago, the reason there are not a lot of doctrinally sound women out there with platforms and putting out content and whatnot is because they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're serving their local churches. They're being those spiritual mothers that the younger women need. They're being those older Titus II women who are teaching the younger women in their local churches, and they don't have time to do platform stuff. Um, So, you know... That's that's kind of that's kind of where we are on on conferences, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I've been invited to a, a few uh, by churches for women's retreats, which are always fun. Um, and uh, the one that I, I really like coming back to is uh, Answers for Women, uh, and that's put on by Answers in Genesis. And I've I've been there twice now, and um, that's a lovely time as well. And then you get women from all over, uh, just all over the place, every every state in the union. I think was represented last year when I was there. Um, and it, it's a lovely time. Um, but I know, Michelle, you and I have a passion to teach together and um, like we did at Princeton. And I think if we could tag team it, that would just be a wonderful thing, which uh, really kind of leads us into, uh, you know, the ask. I, I think, ladies, if you know, if your church is looking for, um, you know, somebody to come and, and teach women and, and hang out for a weekend, we would love to do that together. Yeah. We, yeah, one or both, but I mean, I, M- Michelle and I do a great job tag teaming and, uh, and you get two for one. So, uh, just a little plug. If you, if you're interested in having us, uh, let us know, you know, web, through our website, you, there's a little, uh, place there where you can contact us and, and we'd love to come and teach at your church and meet the ladies, undergird the pastor and what he's teaching and, uh, and just really enjoy time with you. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. 
uh, answers for women. We would love to come up there as a team because I've never yeah. been up there before and I've never had the opportunity <laughs> to attend, attend answers for women or go to the creation museum and the ark and all that. And Amy and I would just make a great, you know, we could record a live episode of the podcast like we've done before with conferences and, um, you know, it could just be fantastic. So answers for women, just give us a call and, you know, let's work something out. Let's make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would be, uh, just a, a very enriching time, um, you know, and we're, wherever we're asked to go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Our, our calendars are, are ready to accommodate. <laughs> so. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, ladies, I think that uh, you've probably heard us uh, bend your ear a little bit, and we would like to hear from you. Uh, you know, you could join us on social media. One or both of us will usually chime in and answer questions on there. Uh, you know, you can find us through our website, a wordfitlyspoken.life. Uh, you can email us. You can connect with us, even on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're always in there answering questions as well. So I uh, really appreciated uh, the time that we had tonight together. And uh, why don't we wrap up tonight's conversation? And uh, we're going to continue speaking truth, Michelle and I both will, and sharing the hope of Christ with women. And if you'd like to know more, just head over to our website, a wordfitlyspoken.life. You can subscribe to this podcast, check out our page about the good news, how to support us, and of course, our speaker information if you'd like to have us come and teach women in your area. That's right. We would look forward to hearing from you. (laughs) And until next time, keep sharing the hope you have in Christ with the women in your church, your family, and in your neighborhood, and walk worthy. 